Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast episode where we will be talking about yoga. And I've entitled this, What's the Secret Ingredient That Makes Me Feel So Darn Good? And Why Is Yoga Better Than Any Other Exercise? I know I'm going to get a little kickback for that comment, but that's okay. Uh, It's what I truly believe. I'm always amazed by the beautiful feeling one is left with uh, following a yoga practice. While I love the feeling after a long run or an intense hit class, the afterglow of a yoga class is more. Depending on the type of class you choose, you might feel the physical burn, but the focused breathwork infused into the movement The balancing of chakras by way of strategic postures leaves you feeling relaxed, calm, and centered. Before I became a yogi, I was a runner. I would run almost every day, and I ran to save my life. Or in hindsight, was I maybe running away from my life? I'm not exactly sure. The more stress I had and the bigger I felt my problems were getting, well, I would just run more faster, longer, harder. There never seemed to be a long enough road though to solve my problems. I just physically exhausted my body so that I could forget or at the very least be distracted by the pain for a little while. Don't get me wrong, I loved running, but it wasn't helping me to unpack the source of my stressors. Each morning they would be back again. Then I started taking a yoga class just once a week at our local community center. And it was a game changer for me. I felt mentally and emotionally calm and relaxed. And my body felt strangely energized and strong and not beaten to a pulp. I felt balanced. I didn't know it at the time, but I was balancing my chakras or enabling the flow of my energy. I was working through emotional and energetic blockages, one twist and one downward facing dog at a time. Funny how one class changed the whole trajectory of my life. Oh, I kept running for sure for many years after that, but implementing yoga into my daily routine as well. In time, the yoga became more and the running became less until I realized I no longer needed to run to save my life. The problems that I'd tried to run through or maybe away from, well, they were no longer there. I was good. I am good thanks to my yoga lifestyle. So let's break it down. What exactly is yoga? Well, you know, I love a good definition. So I took this one from Yogapedia. Yoga is a physical, mental, and spiritual practice that originated in ancient India. Patanjali is known as the father of yoga, and it isn't actually known if he was one person or a group of people who gathered and wrote down the teachings of yoga into the Yoga Sutras around 400 CE. Now, if you're wondering, CE stands for Common Era, a method of numbering years or a period of time that began after the birth of Jesus Christ. The word yoga is derived from the Sanskrit root yug, meaning yoke, or to unite. The practice aims to create union between mind, body, and spirit, as well as between the individual self and the universal consciousness. Such a union tends to 
neutralize ego-driven thoughts and behaviors, creating a sense of spiritual awakening. Yoga has been practiced for thousands of years, and while many different interpretations and styles have been developed, most tend to agree that the ultimate goal of yoga is to achieve liberation from suffering. Although each school or tradition of yoga has its own emphasis and practices, most focus on bringing together mind and body and breath as a means of altering energy or shifting consciousness. The journey of a yogi is known as Patanjali's Eightfold Path. There are eight limbs to yoga, so right away we see that it is more than just an exercise. It is a philosophy and a way of life. Each limb is equally as important as the other. So we won't dive too deep into all of them today. That is for sure another podcast or maybe two, uh, but I'll list them so that you have a general understanding of what those eight limbs are. Number one, yamas. These are our universal moral principles. Number two, niyamas. That is the practice of personal discipline or inner observances. Number three, the asanas or the physical postures. And that's probably the, the limb that you're most familiar with. Number four, pranayama. And that is the practice of breath control or breathing exercises. Number five, pratyahara, controlling the senses, also withdrawing from the senses. Number six, dharana or concentration. Number seven, dhyana meditation. And finally, number eight, sumadhi, or enlightenment. This is the dissolution between subject and object. That's pretty deep. So if yoga is the union of mind, body, and spirit, let's break that down. Yoga for the body. I think in this day and age, you'd have to be living under a rock to not have heard about yoga. I've had so many newbies come into my class only to shift into a perfect downward facing dog because they have literally seen that pose everywhere in newspapers in magazines on the internet. In the Western world, yoga is often stereotyped as beautiful people doing impossible body contortions in Lululemon pants that look perfect. And I'm here to tell you that's just not true. Yoga is so much more. Oftentimes, we come to yoga for the physical aspect, that third limb, the asanas or postures. But reminder, each posture is just as important as the other. There are many different types of asana yoga, all with a slightly different focus. Maybe a hot room, maybe longer holds or just 12 postures. But the roots are all the same. Move the body in a series of postures to find balance in the mind, body, and spirit by way of balancing the chakras. Ah, there's that word again. What is a chakra? This is a Sanskrit word referring to wheels of energy. In yoga, we speak of the seven major chakras that are located along the spine, starting at the tailbone and ending at the crown of your head. The chakras connect your physical body to your energetic body or auras. And in turn, they distribute energy throughout your physical and non-physical self. 
When your energy is flowing as it should, meaning when your chakras are balanced and free-flowing, you feel lovely, happy, and peaceful. When your energy or chakras become blocked or flow in the opposite direction from its normal pattern, you can become agitated, angry, sad, aggressive, jealous. You get where I'm going with this. In order to live your best life, it is important to keep your energy flowing and balanced. And in order to do this, you must balance the flow of your energy. And that is done by having balanced chakras. And one of the best ways to do that is to add the physical practice of yoga into your life. Let's look at yoga for the mind. It is easy to understand the physical practice of yoga. It looks like an exercise. It makes the body strong, toned, flexible, feels transactional. We work hard and your end result is a better body. So what does yoga do for your mind? And how honestly can you measure these results? Go back to the beginning. Yoga is the union of mind, body, and spirit. So the practice affects all of those aspects of your being. As I mentioned earlier, people, most people come to yoga for the physical. It is something that can be seen and understood. It tends to be what the Western world focuses most on. And honestly, that's okay. Because once you hit the mat, you begin to notice how amazing you feel. And the feel goes beyond the body. When we practice the asanas or postures, we infuse the fourth limb, also known as pranayama or breath control, into our practice. One movement, one breath. For example, when we are drawing our shoulders back towards our spine and opening the chest or heart center, we are taking an inhalation breath. And when we fold forward, compressing the belly and the lungs, we are taking an exhale. It just makes sense. When we are working with more challenging postures, we use the breath to settle deeper into the posture or perhaps into our joints. Think of warrior two. This is a strong grounding posture. Feet are planted, shoulders are drawn onto your back. You're looking out over that front hand and you're holding a wide stance. The more challenging you want the posture to be, the greater distance between your front and back foot. Here we are for sure challenging our hips and our quads. So imagine this posture. You might even come into this posture now, unless of course you're driving. Imagine settling deeper into the posture, relaxing into the posture with each exhale, relaxing into it by way of the breath. When we are focusing on each breath, not only are we going deeper into our physical practice, but we are shifting our awareness to the present moment. A big part of the problem with our society today is that we are in this constant state of fight or flight. They are constantly in the past, and I shouldn't say they, we, me too. We are constantly in the past and regretting the stuff that we did or didn't do, or we're worrying about the future, which is a completely useless endeavor. Nothing good comes from spending more than just a few minutes of thought in these states. Yes, of course, we need to plan for the future, but we shouldn't live there in our minds. The present moment is the only place where we can find true happiness. And focusing on the breath 
in your yoga practice keeps you there. When we learn to control the breath, we learn to control the mind. And we also have the opportunity to bring our emotions into check as well. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? Fully living in the present moment, letting go of the past, only taking glimpses of it from time to time, not worrying about the future, but living each moment fully and making each moment count. That's what yoga offers you. So we have one more aspect, yoga for the spirit. This is probably my favorite aspect of yoga to talk about. If we learn to live by the eight limbs of yoga, we are being kind to ourselves. We are being kind to others and we're contributing to our society in a mindful way. We are strengthening our bodies through the asana practice and we are learning to become more mindful and present by way of breath control. The remaining limbs teach us to control our senses. So don't be triggered by that barking dog. Just let it become part of your surroundings. We learn how to concentrate. Man, do we need to sharpen those skills in the cell phone age. And all of this makes the idea of meditating achievable. Now I know so many people say to me, oh, I can't meditate. Well, have you ever even tried? The asanas are meant to prepare our bodies for meditation. Learning to control the breath and concentrate prepares our minds for meditation. And meditation itself, when we gain control of the monkey brain, gives space. Space for us to connect with our higher selves, our soul selves, our spirit guides and creator. I've seen it written that when we pray, we speak to God. And when we meditate, we create a quiet space for God to speak to us. How lovely is that? Just like anything else, you need to practice meditation to get good at it, or maybe comfortable is a better word. So what sets yoga apart from any other exercise regime? Well, all of it, it's just more. It is like comparing an apple to the whole damn orchard. Every exercise has its place. You might prefer running or Pilates, but they are simply that. They are just an exercise. They are, at best, a nice complement to yoga, but they cannot replace your yoga practice. Yoga is a philosophy, and it is a way of life that works to improve every aspect of your being. Imagine moving through your life in a calm, grounded, and centered way. Imagine being fully in control of your emotions, not being triggered by your surroundings, just calm and in control. Imagine never stressing about a busy holiday, never worrying about a work or school presentation, never being afraid of confrontation, just calm and control. That is what the power of yoga can do for you. So let's recap. To summarize, yoga is the union of mind, body, and spirit. And you just won't find that with any other type of exercise. Now, some adrenaline junkies might disagree, but if you're hoping to find balance in all of those aspects and not hang off a mountain, yoga is your go-to. Yoga is a philosophy and a way of life. The practice goes beyond the physical form, 
the postures or asanas are just one of the eight limbs used to increase flexibility in your body. As a busy single mom, business owner, and traveler, yoga to calm and manage my mind is invaluable. By focusing on the breath, I am able to live in the present moment rather than constantly focusing on the past and future. It is a tool to live my best life. Learning to control my breath enables me to control my mind, bye-bye monkey mind, as well as my emotions. My yoga body is stronger and more flexible. My mind is calm. And so that means I can step into meditation where I can connect to spirit, source, creator. Here I can connect with my soul self as the ego eases to the background. I have just given you a ton of information. And if this is all new to you, then it will feel like a lot. If you're interested in learning more, I've created a free chakra balancing guide to help you understand what they are, how each one affects our lives differently, how to recognize if your chakras are out of balance, and tools to keep them balanced. There are a few free classes, free yoga classes as well. Just go to my website, www.greenriverandco.ca and click the bar at the top of the homepage and that will link you to this free guide. Thanks everyone for joining me today. We will talk to you next week. Namaste.